0: everybody doing? It's 5 p.m. It's Sunday evening, November 28th, 2021. We made it. This will be from the African History Network Facebook group. The African historynetwork.com on Facebook, YouTube, IG and other streaming services. We're going to hear Brother Michael Mhotep. I don't see the date for this program. Wednesday, November 10th, 2021. We were talking about the infrastructure bill, and Charles Blow interviewed uh, Representative James Clyburn. Okay? So, uh, I want to play. So, so, he was talking about the infrastructure bill, how it's beneficial to African Americans. The second part of the interview, towards the end, he talked about uh, the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. Okay? And we ran out of time, broadcast on that 9, 10 a.m. yesterday, so I want to um, go to uh, this next segment here. Okay. Uh, let's go to clip three, Chiquita, and we're going to start at the 9 minute, 11 second mark. So, uh, he said they're going to continue to try to get the bill passed. What you're going to have to do, you're not going to get any help from Republicans, so you're going to have to um, either Get rid of the filibuster, which which they're not going to. Democrats are not going to get rid of the filibuster, and and rightfully so, because what nobody really wants to be honest about and tell the truth about is that Democrats used to used to filibuster a number of times under the Trump administration to stop harmful bills from uh, Republicans in the Senate. Okay, nobody really wants to be honest enough uh, to say that. I'll tell you that because we dealt with that here on this show, and we, we dealt with the evidence. Okay, hey, uh, okay, let's go to this club. So about something. I wanna I I have a few minutes left here. I want to ask you so about something. Last I had you were very optimistic that we were gonna get something passed in the George War Policing Act. Those negotiations fell apart. There was single pointing on both sides saying that, you know, that they we're not negotiating good things. How do you feel now that we look like we're not gonna get anything done on a federal policing act? I'm not giving up on it. You know, um, we'll be back in January. We get these economic things done, get people in a better frame of mind. Uh, Children are taken care of. You know, the child tax credit was five December thirty-first. We get this bill passed, and the bill back better with a full additional year uh, for child credit tax credits on it. Let's get that done. People get in a better frame of mind, and and then I want to revisit the charge for. Just police and And this time, I hope people will join me in trying to get things done incrementally. We got the, uh, the, the Civil Rights Act 1964, you didn't get the Civil rights Act until 65, we didn't get the fair house and law until 68. We now got them all. The journey of a thousand miles begins in a single step. So if we can get some things done to George Floyd, I don't know the chokehold. I don't know no uh, uh, Interests put uh, restrooms in place so people who violate uh, their the laws who can't do something bad. Get hired one place and go and get hired another place. That would be a start. And so, wouldn't all this make the argument with qualified entity And the moment I said, "Let's get started on this," everybody started giving me hand game deals. Well, now we got nothing. Well, Mr. Gladwell, I want to thank you for your time. i kind of run out of time here. I, I hope that we get back uh, to talking about uh, a, a federal policing act. But it, it seems very hard to do if we're going to be down to an election year where hard votes are harder to come by. But anyway, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much for having Just remember, we passed it in the House. Exactly. Exactly. The George Floyd Justice and Policing Act passed in the House of Representatives March 3rd. 2021 by a vote of 220 to 212, all the Republicans voted against the bill, and, and, and as I said back, as I said back in May, and people jumped on Clyburn, and I said Clyburn was absolutely correct. Uh, the, it, with the negotiations between Democrats and Tim Scott in the Senate, they said the sticking point was qualified immunity. Clyburn said that that's the. He said we don't have to get qualified immunity right now. He said take it out. Get the rest of the bill passed. And all uh, the activists were going crazy, having conniptions. Tamika Mallory, Sean King, all these other people say, oh, no, you can't do this, you can't do that. Now, you didn't get the damn bill passed. I told you (laughs) to take that out get the rest of the bill passed. Qualified immunity is not the most important thing in the bill. Go to congress.gov and read the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. Look at this fact sheet from judiciary.house.gov. The most important thing in the bill is lowering the federal standard from willful intent down to recklessness, which means that you can federally prosecute more police officers criminally and ultimately get more police officers convicted criminally. Qualified immunity is a civil lawsuit in civil court. Nobody's going to prison over that. Do research and stop following these talking points. They're stupid. I said back in May, take that BS out. The (laughs) people ain't want to do that, and now you can get the bill passed. Okay, those watching on Facebook and YouTube, keep watching. Uh, We're going to keep broadcasting for a few more minutes. I want to go to, uh, I want to deal with this other story dealing with uh, legislation to resolve GI Bill racial inequities uh, regarding African American GIs. These, this bill was introduced by Democrats because Republicans ain't going to introduce nothing like that. Okay, you just, uh, th- th- thanks for watching the African History Network show. on Michael M. Hotep. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Right now, it's correct. Wrong behavior is not over till we win. we we'll are count of forever. Stand by. Okay. Um, Senate Republicans did not agree on the bill because Tim Scott was negotiating on behalf of Senate Republicans. And in the Senate Republicans, most of them were against taking out qualified immunity. So the bill did not come up, the George Floyd Justice of the and Policing Act did not come up for a vote in the Senate. Now, all the, all the Democrats supported the bill. S- Senator Cory Booker and Representative Karen Bass were negotiating with Senator Tim Scott on behalf of the Democrats, and he's negotiating on behalf of Republicans. Okay, um, so so read, read, read that fact sheet. This deal so was in, in the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act of 2021, and you can go to congress.gov and read the bill and read a summary of the bill, and then you can look and see who voted for the bill in the House of Representatives. No Republicans voted for the bill because the one Republican who did vote for the bill he put out a tweet and said he accidentally voted for the bill and was gonna correct his vote. So no no Republicans supported the bill. And that was in the House. See, this is this is the example. See, this is this is where a lot is woke BS, people are gonna end up with nothing. I told I, I said back in May, I said it on Roland Martin and Filter, and I said it on this show. If you can't come to an agreement. On qualified immunity, take qualified immunity out and get the rest of the bill passed. Why the hell are you going to keep arguing for months about qualified immunity? That doesn't even make sense. Uh, Which one is it? Is it this one here? or I think it's the one before this one. It's... Um, Uh You can read this article also here from NBC News. Uh, here's what the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act would do. This is from April 21st, 2021. Okay, you can read that one as well. Um, all right, now, I want to shift gears here. I want to go to Uh, This right here. I've done a presentation in the past dealing with the um, GI Bill, how African-American World War II veterans were discriminated against when they came back home. Uh, There's legislation being introduced by Democrats because Republicans don't want to deal with racism. Axios.com had an article about this. We posted this uh, a couple days ago on our Facebook fan page, the African History Network, the African History Network. And I saw Representative Clyburn on uh, uh, Ali Velshi's show uh, on Saturday talking about this during an interview. And I said, we're going to discuss this on the show. Because once again, this deals with how elections have consequences and understanding how politics is the legal distribution of scarce wealth upon resources and the writing of law, statutes, ordinances, amendments, and treaties that adoption, interpretation, and enforcement. So, I'm going to cue this up here because it was toward the end of the interview that they talked about this. But um, legislation to resolve GI Bill racial inequities introduced by Democrats. uh, This is from Axios.com, and this is from November 11th, 2021, Okay. Congressional Democrats reintroduced legislation this week that would, if passed, help resolve racial inequities regarding GI Bill benefits, because most Republicans don't even want to acknowledge racism exists and don't want to deal with anything like this, okay? And if, if, and if they do, name them. Who are they? Where, where are they? You may have one or two out of 212 in, in the House and 50 in the Senate, where are they? Now, why does this matter? Many African-American service members who fought for the country during World War II were denied, were den- were denied or prevented from taking full advantage of veteran benefits after they returned home from the war because of racial discrimination, white supremacy and racism, et cetera. Uh, President Franklin uh, D. Roosevelt, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, signed the GI bill into law in 1944, okay And it was actually June of um, June 22nd, 1944. He signed the bill to reward honorably discharged uh, veterans for their service. By helping them return to civilian life through college assistance, low-cost mortgages to buy homes, and low-interest business loans, okay? College assistance to go to college, and also they got assistance to go to trade schools if they decide to go to trade schools. Low-cost mortgages and low-interest business loans. However, the bill, the uh, the GI Bill, as it's commonly known, but the actual name is the Servicemen's Readjustment Act of 1944, the Servicemen's Readjustment Act of 1944, commonly known as the GI Bill. The GI Bill was designed to accommodate Jim Crow segregation policies and racial, political, and institutional barriers so many African American veterans were never able to fully access the federal benefits. Now it's important to understand that our taxpayer dollars—taxpayer dollars—were paying for these benefits um, from about 1944 to it was about 1944 to um, about. Going into the nineteen seventies, I think it was the U.S. invested sixty-seven billion dollars in the GI Bill. Okay, uh, well, it was say from forty-four for fifty years, from forty-four to 90, 1994. Over fifty years, the impact of the GI Bill was enormous, with twenty million veterans and dependents using the education benefits and fourteen million home loans guaranteed for a total federal investment of $67 billion. A total federal investment of $67 billion. Among the millions of Americans who have taken advantage of the GI Bill are former President George H.W. Bush, the father. Gerald Ford, who was um, Richard Nixon's second vice president, T. Agnew, his first vice president, had to resign because he was hit with Uh, uh, corruption charges and tax evasion charges. Uh, Vice President Al Gore and entertainers Johnny Cash, Ed Ed McMahon, Paul Newman, and Clint Eastwood. Okay, now, uh, as a result, these veterans and their families were hindered from receiving an education and building generational wealth through buying homes or starting businesses, which are key to achieving intergenerational economic mobility. So these African-American veterans had earned the right to uh, take advantage of these benefits, but they were being discriminated against because of white supremacy and racism, even though taxpayer dollars from African-Americans were helping to subsidize the, the, the GI Bill which was largely benefiting white veterans. You're using taxpayer dollars, taxpayer dollars from everybody, including African Americans, to create opportunities for white veterans, but African American veterans who earn the same benefits are largely being discriminated against from using the benefits that they earn. But our taxpayer dollars are paying for these benefits for white veterans. Now, I wonder if any of these Republicans running around are going to call that socialism. Are they going to call the GI Bill socialism? I'm just curious. I'm just curious. Okay, let's go back to this article here. So, as a result, the veterans and their families were hindered from receiving... And education and building generational wealth through buying homes or starting businesses, which are key to achieving intergenerational economic mobility. The GI Bill Restoration Act, introduced this week by House Majority Whip James Clyburn, and who's uh, part of the Congressional Black Caucus. You got all these people running around Congressional Black Caucus, they're doing nothing. And, and first thing you should do is go to their website. You do realize they put out a year and report each year that talks about everything they do, right? I mean, I mean, this is for people who actually read. You do realize this, right? There's a year and report each year that the CBC puts out. Is that that website, cbc.house.gov? The GI Bill Restoration Act, introduced this week by House Majority Whip James Clyburn, Democrat from South Carolina, and Representative Seth Malton, uh Democrat from Massachusetts, who's white, the, uh, the author of the legislation would extend these loan and education benefits to living spouses and descendants of black World War II veterans. Living spouses and descendants of black World War II veterans. It would extend these loans and education benefits living spouses and descendants of black world war ii veterans it would also establish an independent panel to study how veteran benefits are are administered to women and people of color and make recommendations to resolve any uncovered inequities and make recommendations to resolve any uncovered inequities Senator Raphael Warnock, who's a member of the Congressional Black Caucus, last time I checked, he is black, he's from Georgia. Senator Raphael Warnock is set to introduce the legislation in the U.S. Senate later this month. Now, it is, quote, it is important to acknowledge this injustice and help address the wealth gap that was exacerbated by the government's failure to fulfill this promise to World War II veterans of color, said Representative James Clyburn in a statement. Quote, we can never fully repay those American heroes like the Tuskegee Airmen, but we can fix this going forward for their families, end quote, said Representative Seth Seth Moulton, who is an Iraq War veteran. while our generation did not commit this wrong, we should be committed to making it right. While our generation did not commit this wrong, we should be committed to making it right. I wonder how many Republicans are going to vote for this bill. Because no (laughs) Republicans in the House or the Senate voted for the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan, and it was going to help a whole lot of poor-ass white people in their districts that keep voting for it. Okay, and no Republicans in the House or the Senate voted for the bill, for the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan. So I wonder how many are going to vote for, for this bill here. I'm just curious. While our generation, Representative Seth Moulton, Democrat from Massachusetts, who's white, said while our generation did not commit this wrong, we should be committed to making it right. This legislation honors our nation's commitment to American veterans. End quote. So, in between attacking Big Bird, like Senator Ted Cruz, and trying to ban books, and attacking uh, uh, Toni Morrison, who's deceased, and trying to ban beloved and ban and talk about banning critical race theory that is not even taught in K twelve schools, I wonder how many Republicans will support this bill. Okay, now uh, let's see here. I want to go to I want to go to this clip here. They talked about this on Holly Velshi's show on MSNBC. Uh, this was Saturday. Saturday was at November thirteenth, I think it was. Gosh. Saturday November fourteenth. Um, they were speaking with Representative James Clyburn and they all this is one of the topics that they discussed as well. Let's go to this as at the five oh six mark. Okay, let's go to this And Congressman, I just want to underscore that the president has often said that we are right now in the battle for our democracy because we are facing an autocratic governance if we do not step up. But I also want to applaud the bill that you just recently introduced, recognizing the efforts of African-American World War II veterans and how their ancestors now will be able to be eligible to receive in GI, the, the, the allocations of the GI bill that – or they were not eligible because of the color of their skin. Can you elaborate on that bill you introduced? Well, thank you very much for allowing me to do that. I have joined uh, with Representative Seth Moulton of Massachusetts uh, to honor two sergeants. One, Sergeant Maddox from Massachusetts and Sergeant Isaac Woodard from South Carolina. Uh, I think that if people were to look at what happened to these two uh, gentlemen, coming back from World War II, having just saved this country uh, from an autocracy and have uh, been punished, not even allowed to participate in the GI Bill. The GI Bill meant so much to so many people, helping them rebuild their lives, and a lot of people did rebuild their lives uh, as a result of the GI Bill. But these two gentlemen and thousands of others were denied access. Sergeant Wood was blinded uh, by being in South Carolina while in his uniform. All he was trying to do is be an American. He is the one who gave the incentive the, 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 the incentivized Brown v. Board of Education. If you look at the story of Isaac Woodard, you will see how a federal judge, Jim Wittis-Averitt, here in South Carolina, looked at what happened to him and decided he was no longer going to be judge, he was gonna be an American a uh, judge. And these kinds of things need to be rectified. He was the one that incented uh Harry Truman to mm-hmm. intervene the armed services. Harry Truman said it no letter. When I see something like this, it's gotta to come to to an end. So Sergeant Maddox was denied an education. Washington Post, a black World War II veteran was beaten and blinded, fueling the civil rights movement. A black World War II veteran was beaten and blinded, fueling the civil rights movement. This is about Isaac Woodard. Uh, um, A new documentary explores how Isaac Woodard changed America. Um, he, He was blinded in an assault by police officers. Uh, This article is for March 31st, 2021, by Deneen L. Brown for the Washington Post. Now, in February uh, 1946, Sergeant Isaac Woodard, a decorated African-American soldier, just returning uh, from World War II, rode a Greyhound bus uh, uh, heading home to South Carolina. Woodard, who had just been honorably discharged, from the army and was still wearing his uniform asked the bus driver to stop so that he could use the bath, use the restroom the driver reluctantly pulled over after calling isaac woodard a boy who was in his army uniform he was a sergeant in the, in the army called him a boy <laughs> isaac woodard who had just returned from more than three years of military service in the pacific stood up for himself and other african-american veterans telling the driver not to talk to him like that isaac woodard said i'm a man just like you mm-hmm. now at the next town batesburg south carolina and representative james Clyburn is a representative in south carolina the batesburg police chief pulled isaac woodard off the bus and immediately began beating him, plunging a blackjack into each of Isaac Wooder's eye eye sockets and blinding him. Like a billy club, blackjack, and blinding him. Okay, while he's wearing his his army uniform. Now, Isaac Wooder was taken to jail, where he would later explain that someone poured whiskey on him to say that he had been drunk. Mm-hmm. He spent the night in excruciating pain. The next morning, morning he was taken to court in order to sign papers that he could not see or read. A new documentary, The Blinding of Isaac Woodard, directed by Jamila Efron and narrated by Andre Holland, premiered uh, on uh, uh, American Experience back in uh, March 2021 on PBS. The documentary explores the story of Isaac Waters' life and how the beating fueled the civil rights movement and changed the trajectory of US history. Quote, based on Bob Gergel's book Unexampled Courage, the film details how the crime led to racial awakenings of South Carolina, uh, South Carolina judge, uh, South Carolina judge, Jay Wattees Warren and President Harry Truman, who desegregated federal offices in the military two years later, end quote, according to uh, PBS, public broadcasting system. The documentary uncovers, quote, how a single individual can be the spark that ignites a movement. And creates a seismic seismic shift in public opinion," in quote, said Cameo George, the film's executive producer. Although his name is little known today, Isaac Woodard's story changed hearts and minds, and the law of the land. Although his name is little known today, Isaac Woodard's story changed hearts and minds, and the law of the land. End quote. Now, two months after he was blinded, Isaac would have traveled to New York, New York City, where he met with Warren White, the executive secretary of the NAACP. The NAACP's legal team, led by Thurgood Marshall, had been looking for civil rights cases that could be helped, that that could help dramatize the impact of Jim Crow laws, lynchings, white supremacy, police brutality, and racial violence committed against African Americans. Here's Thurgood Marshall here. Hundreds of African American veterans have been attacked and an unknown number were lynched. Hundreds of African American veterans had been attacked and an unknown number uh, uh, were lynched. NAACP offices were filled with harrowing reports of black veterans lynched. One African American veteran lynched had been murdered for casting a vote in a primary. One African American veteran had been murdered for casting a vote in a primary. Now in July 1946 four African Americans including George W. Dorsey, a distinguished veteran uh, who had served in uh, World War II in the Pacific and North Africa, were beaten, tortured, and fatally shot and hanged from the Moore's Ford, M-O-O-R-E apostrophe, S Moore's Ford Bridge in Walton County, Georgia, in what is called the last mass lynching in America. This was in 1946, the year after World War Two ends, which ends in 1945, "quote, so many people did not survive their encounters with police officers." Jamila Efron, uh, the uh, the film's director, said in a telephone interview, "quote, here, someone has survived. Isaac Woodard's face bore the evidence of the crime committed against him." End quote. Unlike so many other African American veterans who have been lynched, Isaac Woodard lived to tell his story. The NAACP was able was uh, was able to issue, uh, or so was able to use Isaac Woodard to galvanize people. Okay, uh, Jamila Efren said. Isaac Woodard traveled the country on a speaking tour, a benefit concert headline by huge stars, uh, including Billie Holiday, Woody Guthrie, and Duke Ellington, was was organized to raise money for Isaac Woodard, Sergeant Isaac Woodard. Heavyweight champion Joe Lewis co-chaired the concert. Now, Isaac Woodard took the stage speaking in a low voice. The audience of more than 20,000 people fell silent said, quote, I spent three and a half years in the service of my country and thought I would be treated as a man when I returned to my country. But that was a mistake. But that was a mistake. Now, Isaac Woodard's story resonated. More than 900,000 um, African-American men fought in World War II, including Megar Evers, who was at D-Day in uh, 1944 in France. Megar Evers. World War II veteran. More than nine hundred thousand African American men fought in World War II. Most of them returned home to the South, carrying themselves with with the, with dignity, of uh, with the dignity of having fought for their country, hoping they would be treated with respect. Instead, many were attacked simply for wearing their uniforms. Now, uh, Jamila Efron said. It coalesced with a moment when yet again black men had gone off to fight for human rights to come home and have those rights denied them. It coalesced with a moment when yet again black men had gone off to fight for human rights to come home and have those rights denied them, end quote. It reached a tipping point amongst black veterans and black communities that enough was enough. The NAACP asked the actor Orson Welles to use his weekly radio show to highlight the brutal attack on Isaac Woodard. Week after week, actor Orson Welles, who was white, pounded at the question, who was the officer who beat and blinded Woodard? Mm-hmm. Who was the officer who beat and blinded Isaac Woodard? Orson Welles asked for help in identifying the town where Isaac Woodard was beaten and the name of the officer. Quote, Officer X, in quote, Orson Welles announced, I'm talking to you. You are going to be uncovered. Orson Welles saying this on his radio show. Within days, the NAACP received the letter from an African American soldier who wrote he was on the bus when Isaac Woodard was pulled off, pulled off the bus. The letter writer identified the town where the beating occurred as Batesburg, South Carolina. Officer X Orson Welles announced, we know your name now. Now here is um, Isaac Woodard applying for maximum disability benefits and his mother is with him also. You see Isaac Woodard with the sunglasses on. On September 19th, 1946, uh, White led a delegation okay uh, walter white on september 19 1946 walter white of the naacp led a delegation of civil rights leaders to meet with president harry s truman to urge him to work to pass anti-lynching legislation to urge him to pass anti-lynching legislation quote when white realizes truman isn't going to move forward according to pbs He tells the president, also a veteran, the story of Isaac Woodard and President Harry Truman was enraged. He had taken this meeting with civil rights leaders reluctantly and was prepared to brush them off, Jamila Efren recalled. Now, when Harry Truman heard about the police attack on Isaac Woodard, a veteran, He explained, my God, I did not know it it, it was this bad. We've got to do something. The next day, President Harry Truman ordered his attorney general to bring federal charges against Batesburg Police Chief Linwood L. Shaw, S-H-U-L-L, who was charged with violating the civil rights of uh, Sergeant Isaac Woodard for blinding for blinding both of his eyes, for blinding him in both eyes. A month later, on November fifth, 1946, Shell, uh, Officer Schell's trial began in Columbia, South Carolina. The trial was presided over by Judge J. Waties Waring, the son of a Confederate soldier. Hmm. During the trial, Isaac Woodard testified that he was pulled off the interstate bus on the night of February 13, 1946, in Batesburg, South Carolina. Quote, Sho- Show, Officer Shaw, was waiting for him at the bus door, he said, and struck him before he could say anything, end quote, according to a 1946 United Press news article. Two war veterans, a Negro and a white, were discharged at Augusta the same day as Isaac Woodard and rode on the bus with him, testified that the Negro was not drunk and had not created a disturbance. They testified that Isaac Woodard was not drunk and had not created a disturbance. The all-white jury deliberated only 15 minutes before acquitting Officer Shaw. Quote, Judge Waring and his wife, are appalled at the blatant miscarriage of justice. Warring will devote the rest of his career to the fight against racism. The Warrings become the targets of threats and violence, okay, according to PBS, public broadcasting system. A month after the trial ended on December 5th, 1946, okay, and this is the year after World War II ends. President Harry S. Truman signed an executive order creating the President's Committee on Civil Rights. On June 28, 1947, President Truman accepted an invitation from the NAACP's Walter White to speak at the organization's annual convention. President Truman said in his speech at the Lincoln Memorial, quote, there is no justifiable reason for discrimination because of ancestry or religion or race or color. We cannot any longer await the growth of a wheel to action in the slowest state or the most backward community. Our national government must show the way. Our national government must show the way. A month later on July 26, 1946, President Harry S. Truman signed executive orders and uh, 9980 and 9981 racially integrating the U.S. military and the federal government workforce. Racially integrating the U.S. military and the federal government workforce. And that is a result of the activism that resulted after uh, Sergeant Isaac Witter was blinded and the victim of police brutality. Okay, so this is who Representative James Clyburn talked about in the clip that I just played, talked about Sergeant Isaac Woodard. Read this article here from the Washington Post. A black World War II veteran was beaten and blinded, fueling the Civil Rights Movement. A black World War II veteran was beaten and blinded, fueling the Civil Rights Movement. Uh, this is from, this is the story of Isaac Wood Sergeant Isaac Woodard, this is from March 31st, 2021 by Deneen L. Brown for the Washington Post. Okay, now, um, very quickly here. See, this, so this is why understanding history is important and understanding laws and policies. You have to understand history to understand the policies that need to be put in place address historical inequities. Okay, this is why this bill is so important. Also read this article here from axios.com, legislation to resolve GI Bill racial inequities introduced by Democrats. This is by Jacob Nutson, K-N-U-T-S-O-N. And this is from November 11th, 2021 for axios.com, A-X-I-O-S, axios.com. All right now. Uh, if you like this type of information, be sure to register for the 10-week online course that I teach on Saturdays from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. When we get deep into this type of information, in each class we go through and analyze approximately a 10-year uh, period of time, some cases more than 10 years. And we deal with history leading up to the Civil War, starting in 1803 with the Louisiana Purchase and then we deal with uh, the Civil War, World War I, Civil War, uh, uh, Reconstruction Era, 1865 to 1877, um, Jim, Jim Crow Era, Great Migration, 1915 and 1970. We look at migrations like the uh, Black Exodus of 1879 and 6,000 African Americans migrating out of Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, going into uh, Kansas, okay, uh, and then we look at the uh, we look at the Jim Crow era, uh, World War One, World War II, Great Migration, Civil Rights Movement, and Black Power Movement, to understand what happened to us, to understand what happened to us uh, after slavery ended and the laws and policies put in place, so we understand where we need to go from here, all right? Okay, so uh, click on register here when you go to our website, we just and I just posted a link here. Class is regularly $130. So it's on sale, $50. As soon as you register, you can watch the class we did uh, this past Saturday. All right, and we do the sessions live. All the sessions are recorded. You can watch it anytime, even after the 10-week online course is over. You, you can still watch it. So next year, if you want to watch the whole class, you can do that. Uh, very quickly here. We'll probably talk about this some more tomorrow's show. I've done an entire presentation dealing with this as well. How the GI Bill's promise was denied to uh, a million Black World War II veterans. How the GI Bill's promise was denied to a million black World War 2 veterans. And uh, this is a piece here from uh, history.com, the official website of the History Channel. So sweet so this deals with the GI bill, 19 uh, June 22 1944. Okay, the service the servicemen's uh, readjustment uh, act. Very briefly, we'll talk about this some more tomorrow, tomorrow. Show because we've been here an hour and a half. Uh, some very quickly I want to look at here. So, you have 1.2 million African American World War Two veterans who are largely going to be shut out of the GI Bill, while the GI Bill's language did not specifically exclude. Uh, African American veterans from its benefits. It was structured in a way that ultimately shut uh, doors for 1.2 million African American veterans who have who have bravely served their country during World War II in segregated ranks. Bravely served their country in World War II in segregated ranks. Okay, now this part here is very important. Fear of black advancement. Fear of black advancement. When lawmakers began drafting the GI Bill in 1944, some Southern Democrats feared that returning black veterans, returning black veterans, would use public sympathy, for veterans to advocate against Jim Crow laws. And in my class, we look at the evolution of the Jim Crow laws after Reconstruction ends in 1877, and we see it in 1881. Like on, on, on yesterday's show, when we talked about Pledge versus Ferguson, 1896 U.S. Supreme Court case, and that dealt with uh, segregation on uh, railroad cars, on trains, and we go back to uh, 1881, Tennessee was the first state to pass laws segregating uh, railroad cars. It was Tennessee in 1881, then they followed by Florida in 1887, Mississippi in 1888, Texas 1889, Louisiana 1890. Plessy versus Ferguson was uh, originated out of Louisiana in 1892, that case. And it goes to the US Supreme Court, okay? Uh, Alabama, Kentucky, Arkansas, and Georgia in 1891. And then you have, you're going to have South Carolina and other states, okay? So, they're, and then they're writing uh, segregation into their state constitutions and imposing poll taxes and literacy tests, things like this, grandfather clauses. They're doing this in their state constitutions, all right? And this is in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Okay, so when lawmakers began drafting the GI Bill in 1944, some southern democrats feared that returning african american voters would use public sympathy for veterans to advocate uh, against jim crow laws to make sure the gi bill largely benefited white people the southern democrats drew on tactics that had previously uh, that had previously used to had been previously used to ensure that the New Deal helped as few African Americans as possible. During the drafting of the law, the chair of the House Veterans Committee, Mississippi Congressman John Rankin, played hardball and insisted that the program be administered by individual states instead of the federal government. He insisted that the program, the GI bill, be uh, uh, administered by individual states instead of the federal government, and this is something that Representative James Clyburn has talked about when it comes to this bill. Okay, when it when, when it comes to um, the uh, the bill that he's introducing to address this historical discrimination. Now, uh, Representative John Rankin got his way. And he was known for his virulent racism. Representative John Rankin, Rankin of Mississippi uh, defended segregation. He opposed interracial marriage. And he had, been, uh, he had even proposed legislation to, conf- to confine, then deport every person with Japanese heritage during World War II. Now, when the bill came to a committee vote mm-hmm. in the House of Representatives, Representative John Rankin stonewalled uh in an stonewalled the bill in an attempt. Just a second here. Okay, he stonewalled the bill in an attempt to gut another provision that entitled all veterans to twenty dollars a week of unemployment compensation for a year it entitled all veterans to twenty dollars a week of unemployment compensation for a year now representative john rankin knew this would represent a significant for African American southerners so he refused to cast a critical proxy vote in protest the American Legion ended up tracking down the congressman who had left his proxy vote with John Rankin and flying him to Washington to break the deadlock. President Roosevelt, President Franklin Roosevelt signed the Servicemen's Readjustment Act into law on June 22, 1944, only weeks after the D-Day Offensive began. It ushered into law sweeping benefits for veterans, including college tuition, low-cost home loans, and unemployment insurance. All right. Very quickly, here we'll talk about this some more tomorrow. Show from the start, African American veterans had trouble securing the GI Bill's benefits. Some could not accept. Uh, some cannot access. Uh, uh, some cannot access uh, benefits because they had not been given an honorable discharge, and a much larger number of African American veterans were discharged dishonor- dishonorably than their white counterparts. Veterans who did qualify could not find facilities that delivered on the bill's promise. African American veterans in vocational training programs at a segregated high school in Indianapolis were unable to participate in activities related to plumbing electricity and printing because adequate equipment was only available to white students when you actually go through and get past all of the romantic uh, get past people romanticizing about segregation and actually study it it was segregating us out of opportunity it was locking us out of opportunity this is an example of this we earned the benefits but because of segregated uh, training programs, we didn't have the we didn't have the the the, the access. We didn't have the uh, infrastructure there, okay, or the capacity us to be able to take advantage of plumbing programs and uh, uh, electrician programs and printing programs, even though we earned the benefits. This is an example of segregation. African-American veterans, see, this see, people think about segregation in, like, not being able to be served at a, at, a, at a white lunch counter. No, we're talking about being segregated, locked out of opportunities and these opportunities being protected for white people. African-American veterans in a vocational training program at a segregated high school in Indianapolis, which is up north, last time I checked, were unable to participate in activities related to plumbing, electricity, or being an, an electrician, and printing, because adequate equipment was only available to white students, racism is a system of advantage and privilege distributed based upon race, which comes out of the ideology of European white supremacy. For the purpose of preserving genetic white survival, racism has nothing to do with not liking people or calling people racial epithets or things, or calling people the n-word. Racism is a system of advantage and privilege distributed based upon race. This is an example of this. And, and, And the GI Bill is one of the major things after slavery ends that contributes to the racial wealth gap. The GI Bill and African Americans largely being locked out of being able to take advantage of the benefits that they earn. And that their taxpayer dollars are subsidized. Simple intimidation kept others from enjoying GI, GI Bill benefits. In 1947, for example, a crowd hurled rocks at African American veterans as they moved into a Chicago housing development. Thousands of African-American veterans were attacked in the years following World War II, and some were singled out and lynched or beaten by police like Sergeant Isaac Woodard in his uniform, coming back home from serving his country and fighting in World War II. We'll talk about this some more tomorrow, Show, Okay? Now, this is understanding... What happened after World War II ended, and how this these historical inequities and how this history impacts us today, okay? And what you do for yourself, what you do to yourself, and what you allow other people to do to you and get away with is based upon what you think about yourself. This is why understanding history is so important, and how, and how history and laws and policies intersect. Legislation to resolve GI Bill racial inequities introduced by Democrats. It didn't say introduced by Republicans. I'm neither Republican nor Democrat, but sure said I ain't stupid. I study this stuff on a daily basis. How many Republicans are going to support this bill to address this historical racism, these historical inequities? They don't. Most most Republicans don't don't even want to acknowledge these historical inequities exist. They don't most of them don't even want to acknowledge that racism like still exists today and we're still dealing with the legacy of racism not 246 years of slavery but just uh, just in the last 156 years just after slavery ended. Most of them don't even want to deal with that. We saw how re- how Secretary of uh, 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 Transportation Pete Buttigieg was attacked by many Republicans when on November 8th at a White House press briefing, he talked about historical racism when it came to transportation and when it came to infrastructure, because this is one of the things that the $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill is going to address. All right, that's enough radio for the day. Uh, Follow us here on our Facebook fan page, The African History Network, The African History Network. Our YouTube channel, Michael and Hotel, I-M-H-O-T-E-P. So this is why the, uh, the foundation is African history and culture. It gives us our VIPs, our values, our interests, and our principles. It influences our economic empowerment and political empowerment. And this is why understanding history is so important. The laws and policies put in place, how we got to where we are today, what laws and policies need to be put in place to take us where we need to go. So when we talk about repairing the damage of, slavery and uh, Jim Crow segregation and what happened after slavery ended. This is an example of that. But this deals with understanding policy and law. Politics is the legal distribution of scarce wealth, power, resources and the writing of law, statutes, ordinances, amendments, and treaties, their adoption, interpretation, and enforcement. All this deals with laws and policies. The GI Bill was law. And it helped to mal-distribute wealth palm resources to the hands of Europeans. All right. If you'd like this type of information, also, you can support the African History Network, dial a sign, the AHN Show, dial a sign, the AHN Show, or through Cash App, um, the, or, or through PayPal, paypal.me, forward slash the AHN Show. Uh, this is our official Cash App account. And when you go to it, it shows my picture there. It says Michael, these other ones here are fake African History Network Cash App accounts. So we're here six days a week. The us keep doing the research, stay on the air, keep broadcasting. Um, and if you if you like this it, this information that we shared in this show, if you like this, then the ten week online course that I teach uh, will blow you away. We're dealing with history from 1865 through 1968, because we deal with some of this history. We deal with World War One, World War Two, Civil War. Uh, Great Migration, Black Power Movement, all of that, okay? We do the sessions live. All the sessions are archived and recorded. You can go back and watch them any time. So as soon as you register, you can watch the class that we did last week and the week before. I teach this class on Saturdays, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This class is going to be uh, Saturday, November 20th. This is from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1960. PowerPoint presentation, we have book references, articles, video clips, uh, everything, okay? Um, So you can register for this one here, and, and and we start out looking at events that lead to the Civil War taking place, starting with the Louisiana Purchase of 1803, the Missouri Compromise of 1820, we look at the Uh, Kansas-Nebraska Act of 1854, the um, uh, Compromise of 1850, and the Compromise of 1850 uh, dealt with organizing the land that the U.S. got uh, uh, from the Treaty of Guadalupe-Hidalgo of 1848. And the Treaty of Guadalupe-Hidalgo is what ended the Mexican-American War of 1846 to 1848. So we go through and look at all this history chronologically. To see how all these historical events are related and how we got to where we are today to understand where we need to go from here. Okay, so I do that on Saturdays, then the other the, the, the class I teach on Sundays is Ancient Kemet, the more present the Ma'afa, understand the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach in school. This one here we do a PowerPoint presentation, video clips, articles, book references. We do with thousands of years of history and what leads up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place. The next class is Sunday. November twenty first. Um, as soon as you register, you can watch the class we did last week. And from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement to Black Power, that class basically picks up where understanding the transatlantic slave trade leads on. Okay. So these classes will keep you busy and right now you can so understand the transatlantic slave trade is regularly $130 on sale, eighty dollars. Um, we have a special link here. You can register for both classes for only $100. So that's uh, like $160 savings. Uh, where is that? Let me post that link here. So you can register for both classes. and You can start watching right now. You can join us in class this weekend. Bundle pack a hundred dollars uh, for a hundred dollars. I'll post a link here. And if you have any questions about the classes, uh, email me at uh, AHN show at African History Network. Because we just posted a link, allows you to register for both classes for only a hundred dollars, and that is over fifty percent off. It's like a uh, hundred sixty dollars off. Okay, and if you have any questions, email me at AHN show at African And if you want me to do a presentation for your group organization to speak for uh, African American History Month, Dr. Keen Day, Kwanzaa. I also have a a, a presentation dealing with the origins of Christmas and the pre-Christian origins of Christmas also. Okay, so if you want me to do a a presentation in person or a virtual presentation or teach a class for your group organization or your church, either in person or virtual presentation, email me at AHN Show at africanhistorynetwork.com. And I can teach this class also to your group also if you want the, either one of these classes. All right, um, African-American business owners, uh, email us also, and we'll let you know how you can advertise with the African History Network on promotion, buy one month, get two months free. All right, we have to get out of here. Uh, remember, at the African History Network, we focus on educating empowering and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world. Because right now it's correct for our own behavior. It's not over until we win. We're kind of forever. And uh, we we'll talk to you next time. Peace.